Welcome to Genomics Now, a podcast series where you can learn how genomics is developing in England's NHS. This podcast series, recorded in 2021, is part of the North Thames Genomic Medicine Services Educational Toolkit. In each 10-minute episode, we explore what is changing in genomics. We answer the questions on genomics we've been asked by the different healthcare professionals. We talk about the ways genomics may impact different healthcare roles and how genomics can be used to successfully improve patient care. Today's podcast is co-hosted by me, Shazi Mohamdali, and I'm a cancer genomics scientist at Great Ormond Street. And I'm Dahlia Hopmeyer. I'm a clinical fellow in genomics. Today, Dahlia and I are going to take 10 minutes to talk on genes, genomes, genetics, and genomics. Great. Thanks, Shazia. So let's get started with the obvious first question. What is the difference between genes, genomes, genetics, and genomics? That's a great question, Dahlia. Um, the ideal way to kick off our podcast, it's always good to start discussion with the rudimentary, so we're all on the same page, and then by understanding the basics, we can then take a journey into the more complex. So a gene is a unit of hereditary. This means it's our genes that pass on information between parents and children. Our genes are made of molecules called DNA, and each gene is a block of DNA. Just like a line of computer code, our genes and their blocks of DNA code instruct our bodies to make proteins. These proteins help our body to function and give us characters like eye colour and hair colour. But for some genes, if there is an abnormality in their instructions, in their DNA code, this can cause diseases like cancer. And I think uh, this brings us to quite an important point, Shazia, actually, that we should make. So some changes in the gene instructions or the DNA code um, can be abnormalities. And as you say, they can cause disease. But most changes in the DNA are just what we'd say is natural variation. And they explain the differences between you and me. Yeah, that's right. Great point, Dahlia. Absolutely. Um, it's your genes that tell your body to make curly hair and my genes that tell my body to make straight hair. So that's harmless variation. So let's just explain a genome and then we can put a number on the differences between you and me. So the differences of those variations. Um, so between our two DNA codes. So a genome includes all of our genes and more. Genomes include the DNA blocks of our genes, the instructions for proteins, as well as DNA blocks in between our genes that do not code for proteins, so non-protein coding. This in-between DNA used to be called junk DNA because it, we didn't know what it was for and to a degree still don't. So I'm a research scientist by background and I like data and it's too tempting. I've just got to drop in some numbers here. The protein coding genes only make around 1% of our genomes. And the other 99% is all of the DNA in between our genes, the junk as they used to call it. If we follow the theme that DNA is like a computer code, then the DNA code that makes up our genomes is around 3 billion letters. Around 4 million of those letters are the natural harmless variation in the DNA letters that differ between you and me that we talked of earlier. And finally, for disease to potentially develop, it could only take one letter change in the DNA amongst the 3 billion letters that make each of our genomes. But we can explain more on genes and disease a bit later. But to come back around to your question, Dahlia, what is the difference between genes, genomes, genetics and genomics? Genetics is a study of genes and genomics is a study of genomes. 
and both study hereditary. So how the information is passed on between parents and children. Okay, great. Thanks for that. And actually, I was wondering, how long has the NHS been offering genetic testing? I'll be honest, Dahlia, I had to research this question when it was asked in a teaching session that we had back in the hospital. And the answer, very appropriately, kind of starts here, actually, at Great Ormond Street. The first genetic counselling clinic in Europe started here in the hospital in 1946. And then two years later, the NHS was launched in 1948. And then 10 years after that, in 1958, the first UK clinical geneticist was appointed again here at Great Ormond Street. So back to testing, labs in the NHS were first funded in the early 1970s to carry out genetic diagnostic testing. But testing at the specific level of DNA was not until the 1980s. And then more granular testing look at the individual letters of the DNA code of the genes, such as BRCA1 and BRCA2, which are genes that many people have heard of that are involved in increasing someone's risk of breast and ovarian cancer, for example, started in the early 2000s. So, yeah, I can see things have changed quite a bit from the beginning. And can you explain to me what is involved in a genetic test? Yeah, sure. So let's take one of the genes I just mentioned, BRCA1 as an example. So BRCA1, or BRCA1 as some people call it, stands for breast, BR, cancer, CA, and then 1. Changes in the DNA code of this gene can make a person have a higher risk of developing breast and other cancers such as ovarian cancer that I said earlier. So if a young woman comes into the hospital with breast cancer and her clinician thinks there's a chance that her cancer could be inherited, and this might be because her mum has also had breast cancer at a young age, for example, then the patient may be offered genetic testing. Remember, we said that genetics is a study of hereditary passing of the information from parent to child. So if that young woman accepts a genetic test, which of course she's absolutely um, able to refuse, then a sample of her blood will be taken. This will be sent to the lab and the DNA will be extracted. The DNA code will then be read and analysed and the scientists will then look at changes in the genes DNA letters compared to a reference code. And that reference code is from a healthy individual. For the BRCA1 gene, the scientists will be analysing over 5,000 letters some changes in the DNA will be natural variation that we talked about before, your hair colour, my eye colour. But some letter changes may have actually put um, her at high risk of developing a breast cancer. Yeah, and actually that's another important point to mention, I think, here, that only about 10% of all breast cancers in women do result from letter changes in the DNA code in the BRCA1 gene. Um, but if we do identify a woman who does have a change in this gene that is potentially disease causing, then she has a 60 to 90% chance of developing breast cancer. Um, and okay, great. So thanks for that. And I was also wanting to ask, how does a genome test differ from a genetic test? Okay, so going back to what I said earlier, the genome includes the DNA blocks of all the genes and the DNA in between. A scientist analysing a BRCA1 gene looks for potentially disease-causing letter changes in the DNA code across those 5,000 or lessers um, that I said. Whereas a scientist analysing a genome can look at all 3 billion letters of the DNA code. I say could, as speaking from experience having analysed genes and genomes, thankfully computers now do a lot of the grunt work for us, so scientists don't have to look at every letter of the code. We should mention that a patient with cancer can have two genomes analysed. 
This in the lab is called matched pair genome analysis. They can have their germline genome analyzed, which is the inherited genome that we've been talking about so far. So the information passed down from parents and that you would then pass on to your children. The second genome is the cancer genome itself, the DNA in the cells of the tumor, the cancer genome again. So changes that occur in the cancer genome are not inherited. You cannot pass this information on to your children. The DNA changes in the tumour are said to therefore be acquired, they're not inherited, and inquired can be anything, say, from, from the environment, such as smoking. Um, so that's quite a lot of information. Um, I think this might be a good time to mention the Genomics Facilitators Toolkit that we've developed. Oh, that would be really good, Dahlia, thanks. Yeah, so basically what we've done um, is to put together some resources, especially for people who want to learn about um, genomics and also the genomic medicine service. And they can then also use this to disseminate the information on. And we have modules such as our introduction to genomics module, which explains concepts of inherited germline DNA changes, as well as the acquired DNA changes that you've just mentioned, Shazia, for example, in the cancer genome and it goes through different types of genomic tests. Um, so all the modules are available as PowerPoint slide decks, and therefore they can be used to train others as well. Oh, that's great, yeah. The Genomics Facilitators Toolkit is actually really good. We've had loads of people that have used it and just used like the odd side or adapted slides, and um, we'll most probably put a link with this podcast so you'll be able to find it. Great, so I really would encourage people to have a look at that. Um, and so maybe I can ask two last questions. So this episode is called Genomic Testing in the NHS. So what changes have happened to allow clinicians in the NHS to move from testing genes to testing genomes? It pretty much simply comes down to technology, Dahlia. So advances of tech have occurred in the chemistry that we use at the lab bench. And then there are other advances in computer power that have moved the analysis on. So this means that we can read the DNA code not just of one genes, or multiple genes, which we call a panel analysis, but now we can read the DNA code from the whole genomes. So the reading of the first human genome was completed back, I think it was back in 2003. And off of the back of the subsequent research discoveries that have happened um, in disease, and then since then the decreasing costs and the quicker analysis speeds, genome testing has shown real possibilities to be used in clinical care. So, for example, you know, if it's going to take a year to um, understand a genome, then that just wouldn't be wouldn't be any good for treating a patient, for example. So the NHS, through a partnership, started a study um, called the 100,000 Genomes Project back in 2016, where patients with rare disease or cancer had their genome sequence. So back to your question about what has changed in the NHS to allow genome testing, Simply, the 100,000 Genomes Project introduced a lot of laboratory, computational and skill changes in the NHS to allow this testing to now become available to patients um, based on the data in their genomes. But later in this series of podcasts, we'll take 10 minutes to talk about those um, detailed changes that the 100,000 Genomes Project brought to the NHS. Great. No, I'm really looking forward to that, actually. And I think it's a really important thing to explain how it's really shaped, how we can do testing in the NHS now. And so now, as this podcast is called Genomics Now, uh, let's end this episode with asking, what's new in Genomics Now? Hmm. Um, I think there can most probably be only one answer to this, and it's completely on topic and timely. Like I said, the 100,000 Genomes Project enrolled its first patients in 2016. This was a research project 
which initiated all the development in genomic medicine that um, that I've just described, and therefore that genomic medicine could be part of routine um, patient care. So the genomes were not now going to be used in research, but they're going to be used for in the clinic for diagnosis and treatment. So that actually the ordering of the first clinical genome test for patients with rare disease or cancer were made only a few months ago. So clinical genome testing in the NHS is very new and very now. Great. Thank you, Shazia. I'll be excited to see how this develops. Oh, absolutely. It is an exciting time. Something new is always good. Thank you for listening to this episode of Genomics Now, a series of conversations hosted by healthcare professionals of the North Thames Genomic Medicine Service. Our aim is to complement other genomic-focused educational tools with bite-sized podcasts that explore how clinical genomics is developing in England's NHS. If you have any suggestions for topics you would like us to develop as part of the Genomics Now podcasts, please let us know. Also, we'd love to hear about the episodes you've enjoyed and how they have helped you with training. Please get in contact with us on the link given with this podcast or tweet us at North Thames GLH. You will find this and other educational resources at the North Thames GLH website.